The Holy Gospel according to Mark. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. Jesus answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. The gospel reading today picks up where we left off last Sunday. Jesus had entered a synagogue and began to preach and to teach. And while he was doing that, a person with an unclean spirit disrupted. And Jesus cast it out. And the word began to spread. After finishing at the synagogue, they went to Simon and Andrew's home to relax. But... When you're Jesus, there are no days off. Simon's mother-in-law is not well, brought down with a fever. But when Jesus arrives, he takes her by the hand, lifting her up, and the fever is gone. Now, any good feminist would scoff at the next line, and she began to serve them. That's right. Now that you're better, you can get back to making a snack and bringing us a drink. Simon's mother-in-law is restored to waiting on the men. But I'm not sure that's exactly what is going on. It might be another example of how critical the work of translation is. The Greek word that's used in that place of serve is the word diakone, where we get our word deacon. And it can literally mean she began to minister to them. Or she began to minister with them. That means something entirely different. Deacons in our church, just like pastors, are rostered leaders who preach and who teach and who minister. So perhaps it wasn't that Simon's mother-in-law began to wait on the boys. But instead, as a result of her healing, she took up the cause of ministry. She began to minister To Jesus, thanking and praising him for what he had done for her. And she began to minister to all those in need with Jesus, serving others just like him. The word about her healing got out and spread. By the end of the day, everyone in need was lining up outside the door, both the sick and those possessed by demons. Now, I hinted at this last week, 
that because we live in the Western world and through education and modern science, we've discovered and diagnosed various forms of mental illness. It's natural for us to look at this from the outside and wonder, was that really a demon possession or was it mental illness by another name? One thing that we can say is this. The ancient world was a place with more enchantment, wonder, and mystery than where we live today. There was an acceptance of the spiritual reality that is present in all of life. That's not to say that enchantment and wonder and mystery are totally missing from our world today. There are many places in the world that still believe this way. Places in the world that tend to be viewed as developing or less than whatever it is that we've achieved here. Places like South America, places like Africa. By the way, did you know that there are more Lutherans in countries like Ethiopia and Tanzania than there are in the United States? Some of the largest, fastest growing Lutheran denominations are in the places at the world that still see it with some enchantment and some wonder and mystery. The place where we live, however, is a different story. Religious nuns, not the ones that wear the habits, are now the largest single group in the United States. Maybe you saw the report that was published last week by Pew Research. It says that Americans, when they're asked what religion they most identify with, 28% answer none. That's more people than I, who identify as Catholic, 23%. More people than who identify as Evangelical Protestant, 24%. Now, that's not really surprising news. You all know that. People today don't feel the same way about religion as they did 50, 60, 70 years ago. Those were the heydays, right? When affiliation with a religious community meant something culturally. It was like belonging to the Rotary Club or the Lions Club. Just this week, I had a conversation with a person who grew up at this church, baptized, confirmed, married, all right here. But for the last five, ten years, didn't feel like there was a reason to continue. Didn't find anything here that added value to their life. So gradually, they went from being one of us to one of the nuns. So the solution to this issue, if we're following Jesus's lead in the gospel reading today, is for us to start healing people's diseases, casting out demons. If you brought your cane or your walker today, I need you to come forward so that we can pray for God to let you walk again, unencumbered. No, I'm not being serious. We will leave the faith healing theatrics to others. By the way, I've always wondered, why don't those faith healers spend more time in hospitals if they really do have the gift of healing? I apologize if that's too cynical for you. The answer to the 28% of Americans who have disaffiliated from religion is connected to this gospel reading, though. It's about what Jesus was doing through the healings, and through the casting out demons. He was serving 
them. And the resurrection of the church is going to be through serving our community of neighbors. Not serving them because it will ultimately do something for us, get them back. Serving them because we genuinely love and care and want the best for them. If the church, and when I say church, I mean both the broader church in North America and our little piece of it here at New Life. If the church is going to regain traction, it will be because of our genuine care and concern for those outside this room. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And only then, perhaps, want to renew their participation in the church. Because that's what Jesus was doing when he healed those who were sick and cast out demons. He was serving their needs because he loved and cared for them. When Jesus encountered a person, whether it was a demon or mental illness or some disease that the culture claimed was making them unclean, Jesus did not turn them away. Jesus reached out and embraced them, giving them the assurance that God didn't think their struggles with mental health made them any less worthy of love. Jesus didn't blame their illnesses on demons, perhaps like the surrounding culture assumed to be true, but instead welcomed each one who struggled as a beloved child of God. You, are a beloved child of God, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the diagnosis you face, no matter what mental health challenges you're dealing with, you are created by God and loved by Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, this church will love you the same. Amen.